waking up in the morning, gotta thank God. I don't know, but today seems kinda odd. No barking from the dog, no small. And mama cooked the breakfast with no harm. I got my girl bone, but didn't There's a free thinking poet, a man Ice Cube, kicking things off for us on episode 133 of Justified Pursuit. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, Riding shotgun, as always, the good counselor, Chisholm Cook. I know you're excited. You've got a vacation coming up, going down to uh, what river? Is it the Frio? No, it's the Oasis. Oasis River. Your annual family trip. Yeah. Uh, The day this drops, I will already be in the river. Mm. So, yeah. Excellent. I always like seeing those pictures of beautiful, clear water. All those caves up in the bank that the kids crawl around in. Looks like a fun trip. I mean, it really is, man. The, oh my gosh, dude, what the heck is going on here? You can hear me okay, right? Are we Yes, you're derailing the show like 30 seconds into it. What's going on with you? I got a million pop-ups on this Mac, the old Mac that I'm using now. Hmm. Um, it... We have some beautiful stretches of river in Texas. There's none prettier than that stretch of the upper Nueces above Uvalde. None. Hmm. Um, the water is insane. The countryside is amazing. Um, it's. I, I saw an article. I may have shared it after last year's trip, but last summer, I think, I found an article about it in some Texas publication. Texas Highway something? Or yeah, the Texas Highways is a, is a magazine. I don't yeah. know that it's the uh, liberal rag that Texas monthly uh, Texas, has become. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, and, and so what it said was that like, it was basically like the Nueces, the hidden gem of, of Texas. Right. And part of the problem with it, I guess, problem quote unquote is unlike the Frio, which is also amazing and gorgeous. There's no big park on it. There's some small parks like the town of camp wood, which is 35 miles or something like that up highway 55 from Uvalde has a, it's dammed up and it has, so it, it's got the river made into a lake and there's some, you know, campgrounds and stuff on that, but there's no big park like Garner State Park, right? That lots yeah. of people, you know, frequent to be able to get on That's the right. River. You, I'll be honest, with you, if you didn't go there, I wouldn't know yeah. about it. I, I knew about it before we went only because a girl I grew up across the street from, uh, her and her husband and I all graduated high school together. Her grandpa owned land on it way back in the day. And I'd never been to it, but they would talk about uh, and her husband in particular, who is still a really good friend of mine to this day, who you've met, Chad. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, Chad, he listens. Hey, uh, would talk about, dude, the the Nueces is sick. And we were always like, oh, the Frio, man, the Frio, even though we'd never been there. And then yeah. I may have shared this before, but back in 20, we've been, I think this is either, I think this is our seventh year going. So probably 2016, mm-hmm. maybe even eighth year. Um, I got on like home away or VRBO or whichever one verbal, I guess is what they actually call it. And was looking for a place on the Frio that could house several families. And a lot, if you go use those vacation rental websites, they'll, they'll pull in some recommendations within like a 50 mile radius. A lot of times that are cheaper than the specific place you're looking like, Hey, stay a little bit outside Fredericksburg and you can get more bang for your buck and whatever, mm-hmm. wherever you're going. Right. Um, so I'm looking in like the Concan area of Frio and this house is thrown in there and it at the time was 550 bucks a night for a 6,000 square foot mansion, basically. 
on a mm. 700 acre game ranch with a mile and a half of new aces river frontage and i was like i'm looking at the pictures and i was like this place looks rad dude so we went ahead and booked it and it is as fine a property as there is in this whole state they actually have it for sale anybody who's interested cool price of i think it was 17 17 million dollars oh, for wow. 700 acres <laughs> yeah um but it's been for sale like twice since we've tried since we started staying there and i actually talked to the the property manager lady who i've it's been the same lady every year i've booked the place we've kind of become friendly um there's a partnership and she said one of the partners his he and his family love the place and i guess the other guy is just a money guy the money guy wants his money so i'm very hopeful they figure out how to just the one family buys out the other and they continue to rent it as a vacation rental. Cause we'll keep going back to this place. It has doubled in price since I first found it, which is still crazy cheap. Four nights for five families in a seven bedroom house, thousand eighty five a, a family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's less than what it costs us to go to Galveston. You can't get a hotel for that. Mm-mm. Yeah. In a much uglier place. And you get a mile yeah. and a half of the river all to yourself. Like you said, it's so cool. Cause like, the upriver side, there's a, I can't even remember the county road, but there's a county road that borders the north end of the property that goes, it's got a low water crossing and it's got tubes, concrete. Uh-huh. It's a concrete low water crossing with tube chutes. So we'll hike upriver, three quarters of a mile or whatever, upriver and shoot the tubes one day and then float down to the house, which is pretty much right in the middle. The house sits on a cliffside. It's probably a 300 yard long stretch of the river that's 10 plus feet deep, even the lowest it's ever been, it's 10 feet plus deep. And then you go downstream from there, there's like an S curve coming into that deep run and then an S curve going out. And the downstream side is where those cave, there's a whole another cliff side with all these crazy caves. Some of them are 30 and 40, 50 feet deep into the into the mountain and the cliff side. It's cool. Yeah. Well, you know, you want to say Bible talk for the end, but I have to make one commentary from our last episode. Just right. real quick. We talked about this after. I am not saying from my last episode that you can you, that a personal relationship with Jesus Christ isn't the most important thing for Christians. It absolutely is. What I'm getting at is what I'm trying to parse out is you can't get you just can tell somebody that and they're like I don't know what that means. How do I do that? How do I make a personal relationship with something I can't see and I don't think I know how to talk to, etc. You do that through disciplined scripture, prayer and the practices of faith. Right. And so when I say we've thrown the baby out with the bathwater, I mean the rituals and the knowledge Which is of what the, the Catholic saints. Church is all about is the ritual. But then, right. They're then too they emphasizing really that focus on That's the right. personal relationship. And then you have right. the Protestants that have flipped it, deviated from the ritual right. in a lot of cases. Right. Not all cases, but a lot of yeah. cases. Right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's the point I want. So anyway, wrap that up. We can move forward. Perfect. Um, so. <laughs> More Bible we had, we had a couple of things we were going to talk about, but then last night, just all of the Biden stuff, ding, 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 just blowing me up. I sent him yeah, to you. Yeah, me texts at 1045 in the morning. No, at night. Yeah, yeah, which is way past my bedtime. Turn your phone off, night. whatever. I don't care. I'm going to send it to you when it's on my mind, and you'll just have to deal with it. So here's one that I'll start with. Um, the the um, Inflation Reduction Act, which is all about spending money to reduce right. inflation. Weird concept. But yep. the uh, it reminds me of the Keystone Pipeline guys that voted for Biden, and then he was like, "I'm shutting down the pipeline," and they were like, uh, Wait, "What?" Uh, so the United Auto Workers Union have called out Biden's green agenda for cutting wages 
and showering automakers with billions. Did you know they were, did you know this was part of the deal that he's just writing blank checks to Ford, Chevy, and GMC? I mean, it's I didn't know those specifically, but I don't yes, know what absolutely. I'm is. fully. Is Stellanitis Tesla. What is Stellanitis? I don't know what what that's. It says the three automakers. Probably a parent company of Ford. It's probably General some Motors. parent company, like you know. Mm. Um, I don't know who it is. All the major manufacturers now are have. Well, you know, European. Yeah. Well, this Breitbart parent article company. says you know Stellanitis Ford. GMC, the three biggest auto manufacturers in the country. So he's written them blank checks in order to make more green vehicles, more electric vehicles. So remember in 2008, we bailed out the auto industry because they needed it. Now we're just writing them blank checks to force a climate change agenda, which will... I wish I would have saved this one because we could have segued into your global temps topic, but um, it's mind blowing, dude. Like, here's all this money, and so we, the Democrats are like, "We are the party of the people, and we're going to cut your wages and get rid of your jobs in the process because we love you so much." <laughs> yeah, but somebody's getting their pockets lined. The elites. Yeah. Did you ever? Did you ever see? It was a really good flick, and if you haven't seen it, everybody should go check it out. You ever heard, seen the movie PCU? Does it ring a bell? PCU. It, in the movie, it stood for a fictitious university called, I think, Port Chester. Oh, yeah. University, the but Entourage it, guy's in it. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I can't think of his name either, but uh, the guy who played Ari from Entourage. Yeah. For, yeah. Um, but it really stands for Politically Correct University. The cool thing about the movie, if you watch it today, is like it was a movie made in the late 90s that was showing you the direction of this chaos what you know what we used to call political correctness which we pretty much now call wokeness right um but there's this in the movie uh towards the end that basically there's this like quasi frat and i say quasi because it's like guys and girls it's like the last frat on campus and the place has become so woke that they can't have a party for the most part because parties are like you know, patriarchy, whatever, whatever. And, but they're going to lose their house. So they're going to have a party. And the theme of the party is everyone gets laid. So, you know, the, I think it was called the pit, the pit party, everyone gets laid. The Democrat party, everyone gets screwed. Yeah. Harris Biden, everyone gets. Well, screwed. but the, and the other thing I didn't even mention is like, so who's giving the auto manufacturers the money? We are the taxpayers. <laughs> we're we're yeah. giving them more money. Mm -hmm. not, Biden's not giving him money. He's giving him our money. All of that stuff was just handouts, dude. I, I think we did talk about how um blanking on all these guys' names, dude. But uh, the the campaign manager for Clinton, who was also like I think head of the DNC for a while, and he goes back to the old Clinton days. Um his emails were the ones that were released by WikiLeaks, basically showing how they were like screwing Bernie voters and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. He and his brother's uh, lobbying firm were handed the checkbook for this. A Democratic operative literally was handed the trillions of dollars from that to disseminate as they see fit. So it's only going to prop up Democrat. It's all just going to come back around to their own pockets. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. And to the extent any of it gets used for things like making electric call cars, all they're doing is 
finding a different way to destroy the environment because as we've documented extensively they're not going to do it with lithium and cobalt batteries all they've done is enslave a bunch more african people oh no 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 those are artesian Yay. wines where they feed them that's right wines where artisan. They feed them wine. artisan artist artesian that's a, that's a water well whatever yeah. artisan <laughs> sounds so nice but really it means uh forced labor paying you a dollar a day <laughs> to mine rock and you don't want to get in the mine fine don't make any money this is yeah. your option congo um so and then also another i have three biden quick hits that one to me is i read that and i was like you have got to be kidding me we're bailing out the auto industry when they didn't even ask for it or nor need it and we're doing it because of a climate change agenda that's a load of bs uh, also the biden crime family has indicted the whistleblower <laughs> that came out against said biden crime family the biden doj has indicted gal luft a whistleblower in the biden family scandals but not hunter biden for the same huh <laughs> so the the criminal is not well he's just taking cocaine to the white house this dude, who is actually shedding light on the cockroaches of the country, has been, well, the DOJ once again weaponized, which is what Biden has become known for. Yeah. Um, this left guy, that's an interesting whole wrinkle to it. This was the guy who, if you remember, the about a month ago, the Republicans are like, we have this whistleblower. And then like three days later, they're like, we can't find him. Mm-hmm. It's this guy. Yeah. Apparently he's on the lamb in like Malta. He's like hiding in Malta from American authorities. Um, dude, I mean, like, we don't need all this. The bank records show it. The laptop shows it. The evidence is all there. We just need people like our woke, you know, loved ones to wake up and just like acknowledge that it's real. The New York Times already said the laptop is real. What they've done a really you good job. They why they can't do that is they can't admit they were wrong. It makes them look foolish. like how all these people don't want to take boosters, but they still think the vaccine somehow helped. But right. if the vaccines helped, then you're supposed to have had two more. You should already have five Maybe shots. Four. Now. Maybe seven. Right. Yeah. At least four. Yeah. yeah. No, more, more to that, come. Dude. There, there was a dude on my uh, backpacking trip last August that had already had five shots. So now we're another year into it. Aren't you supposed to get it up one a mountain? Like, that is hard supposed to, to get one like uh, every six months or something? <laughs> yeah so in, all, in the article i was reading said you know referred to it as a regime which you think of regime to me that means communist socialist country dictatorship regime that's not democracy but when you think about the biden administration every time there is a speed bump in the road they just plow over it with by weaponizing x government uh, agency. Let's be fair. The Uniparty is the regime. Biden is the current figurehead of it. Oh, there's never been one that's that we've known about that's been so blatantly corrupt as Biden. Yeah, I know, but everybody in Congress knows it. What have they done about it? Other than a handful of folks in the House. Nothing. Nothing. Look at the United States Senate's when Senate when they vote. Look at the voting on funding Ukraine. That group of people, plus whoever's in the White House, is the regime. So, but here's the crazy thing. While all this is going on, another headline from this morning, 
This is from CNN. Just in, the Justice Department says it no longer believes Donald Trump should have immunity in a lawsuit over his 2019 response to E. Jean Carroll's accusation of sexual assault. <laughs> we are, I mean, I've said this, we're, if, we are absolutely in a banana republic at this moment. I don't know if we can recover from it. I don't know. I mean, you're, so, what you're saying is right. The regime has decided that it's okay to prosecute political enemies in this country after shielding themselves for the most heinous crimes. Yeah. That, that politicians can, can commit. So dude, the Bidens you. are guilty of treason, bro. Treason. Oh, I I, I've told you, which you dude, can be so... killed for. Yeah. hundred percent executed. I should say executed for. Yeah. Not, not, not this, not this time around though. Nope. It's only when a conservative is in office that uh, they actually levy charges on them um, or um, you know, when triple impeach them. Remind me when that happened. Oh, on the, uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I thought you were trying to say conservatives have tried to bring these crooks to justice, which has not happened. Even no, they would never do Trump. that. No. And then the only other thing I had, oh, I don't have the article pulled up here. Uh, so it, it is the Biden administration's attempt to see if i can find it real fast ah here it is uh this is from the new york post which obviously is a a right-leaning publication but um if you look it up you can find that it's true the white house has come out against a provision in the annual defense spending bill that would require the military to base promotions on based on who is the best candidate for the job regardless of their race the Biden administration quickly balked and said, no, we're not going to do that because it doesn't fit our DEI agenda for the military. Which we should point out that affirmative, the affirmative act, action decision by the Supreme Court two weeks ago did carve out the military uh, and specifically the military academies. They're allowed to racially discriminate. Why? <laughs> I haven't read the opinion. I should. I need to. I really need to. But they're like understand. 300 pages of total opinion, so Why it's we're a lot. Nitpicking there. Uh, one other quick hit here. Um, oh, I don't have her name, so that kind of takes away from it. But I sent you this. Oh no, State Representative Misha Maynard represents District 56 in Ju- the Georgia House. She's a Democrat state representative. She has announced that she is switching parties after her leftist colleagues crucified her when she chose to support school choice adding that the democrat party has gotten away with using and abusing the black community for decades yeah you need to point out she's a black congress lady from georgia yeah anyway she is after point is she's leaving because the democrats she dared have her own opinion about something with regard to uh the education system yep not allowed to do that i mean that's the thing right is they call themselves the party of tolerance but just look at how they look at how Nancy Pelosi was able to get, and you know, and now whoever the hell, uh, Hasim, Je- Hasim Jeffries, I think, right? Whoever's in charge of the House of Representatives for the Democrats can get a 100% lockstep uniform vote on any issue, whether for or against it. And the Republican Party is a cluster, a dumpster fire cluster F. But that's what we want. Mm. We want Congress to be cluster. F- dump what did i just say dumpster fire cluster f's uh-huh. because we don't want the government ramrodding anything 
So the Democrats are not the party of openness, the party of varied ideas. They're no, the no, party, they, but they tell you think. they are every day. Lockstep groupthink. Yeah, but again, that's fall the in iron. line or you're out. You're out. Yeah, which is why when you to see things like uh, third trimester abortion, why are the Democrats not speaking out? Because you know, m- the majority of them, even the the most crooked politicians, have to have a problem with terminating it because third trimester a baby's it's now viable. It's a life. Even if you didn't think Dude, halfway through pregnancy is viable. I, I'm, I agree. Viable, I'm just but, saying, but like, to your point, it's a full grown baby. Right. And they're baby. And, it's and a you baby. think that these politicians yeah. don't like kind of cringe and be like, eh, that's we shouldn't be doing I guarantee that. you half I can't them. say anything because my party will cancel me. Right. And so to your point, they just shut up. They don't speak to it because they can't even bring themselves to support it. If they do, they say something super vague like I support women's rights. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Half of them are worshiping Moloch and making sacrifices to false gods. I don't know who Moloch is, but um, I do, we'll get Moloch to... is the demon god from the Old Testament that you sacrifice babies to. Come on, I don't, I don't, I don't remember him being referred to as Moloch. M O L O C H, Moloch. Mm. I don't know. Who, which Baal so, and he I, Baal, Baal is like not half as bad calf. as Moloch. You know, you need to read. Have I told you about that book, Return of the Gods? No, but Baal, I do know. Like they, book uh, I for, forget which uh, tribe or group of people was it? The Philistines that worship Baal? Who who worship Moloch? Do you remember? Uh, I don't. My Old Testament history is failing me. But we are okay. getting into Bible talk, so we can save it for that. Um, I I propose a book review. It's not a long book. It'll be a quickie. It's called Return of the Gods by Jonathan Kahn, C A H N. Everybody read it. Let's do it ASAP. Okay. Return of one of the, the gods. one of the okay. most consistent feedback I get on our show, by the way, is people thanking us for leaning into bold, like faith-based scriptural truth. So we need to make sure we bring that. How do we <laughs> it's it's interesting to me how we parse that out and still swear on the show though. But you know, I mean I sinners. I know. I had a guy on the other day. He was talking about his faith, and then he dropped three S bombs in a row. And I was like, "Ah, it like reminds me of myself." And I need to be better than that. But yes, it it it's hard taming that tongue is one of the most difficult things. To hey, do. we've done way, way, way better about it in the last two years than the first two years of this thing. I think the last couple shows though, we've let it slide. Um, okay, I only the Assyrians, no, I, I guess, had Moloch. Assyrians, in the okay. second book of Kings, the Hebrew Bible, two kings of Judah are mentioned as having worshipped Moloch, Ahaz, and Manasseh. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I guess he kind of came from the Assyrians, I guess. I don't think that... The worship that of Moloch was practiced at a special site outside the walls of Jer- Jerusalem in the valley of Ben-Hinnom called Topheth. Moloch is bad. Well, I think it was. When... Oh, also the Canaanites. You're right. Canaanites throughout the Old Testament. Moloch is associated with the Canaanites, Philistines, Aramaeans, and well, this just says Semitic tribes, which is the Jewish tribes. But that's because they all they would fall and turn to him. It was Moses, I think, that was going up on the mountain to get the Ten Commandments, and he comes back down, and, and everybody's worshiping Baal. Baal, yeah. right? Right. Yeah, which is the yeah. golden calf. Yeah. So that's why. So, dude, we really we should put it on the list. Okay. Like. Maybe by the time for the episode after vacations, 
Read it on the plane. For real, it's not a very long read. The Return of the Gods. This dude lays out. So I, I just Googled this, right? And one of the articles that came out, it's Baal, Ashtoreth, and Moloch, the Old mm-hmm. Testament rivals. God, God's Old Testament rivals. So there's three demon gods referenced in the Old Testament. It's those three. The tributes uh, and like uh, identity of each is common among basically the entire pagan world, right? doesn't matter what they're called, whether they're called Zeus or Jupiter or Thor or, uh, you know, uh, Odin. Baal has his analogous demigods in all these other pagans, right? Ashtoreth is also known as Ishtar. Um, two or three others. Um, she's like this goddess of like sex, um, but she's also a gender bender. Is Aphrodite so, a gender bender? Mm, no, she was the goddess of beauty. Um, but there's definitely, I think that's the one she's closest related to. She did, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Aphrodite sought power, um, right, which generally would be considered patriarchal, toxic masculinity, whatever. This dude in this book explains how he goes through the Epic of Gilgamesh and all of these ancient texts, right, and through the Old Testament. And he shows how in the last hundred years in America in particular, but throughout the West, these demigods have been, have been resurrected. Okay. And he actually explains that it's a progression. It starts with Baal. Then Ishtar comes along and she's worse and more powerful than Baal, but the worst, worst of the worst. Yeah. Baal, Baal, however you want to pronounce it. Mm -hmm. The worst of the worst is this bastard Moloch. He's the one you should sacrifice children to. So he shows you, like, here's where Americans allowed the return of Moloch. I mean, Baal. That led directly, based on this, this, and this, to the return of Ashtara, Ishtar, whatever she's called. Ashtoreth mm-hmm. or Ishtar. Yeah, I, I remember her. And then she and then she leads to Moloch. So that's where yeah. we are. Listen to it. It's fascinating. We have to talk about it. Have to talk about it. I've, I wish we could just go right into what you wanted to talk about from your Bible study, but we have to mention global temps. No, let's do global temps in a second, because what, what we're talking about now in Moloch, to me, it's a better transition to Sound of Freedom, the new movie mm-hmm. with Jim Caviezel, which, <laughs> dude, this is so crazy. Uh, sex, Child sex trafficking and pedophilia should be much like third trimester abortion, something that everybody has a problem with. Everybody. And if you look, no critics, like New York Times won't touch it. Uh, LA Times hasn't given a review on it. And all of the left-leaning media outlets are saying, yeah, it's true, but mostly it's QAnon. Like, which is it? Is it true? It's like what they kind of are saying is they're (laughs) emboldening QAnon. They're like, it's true, but should we even make this movie? Because it gives it gives credence to the QAnon conspiracy theories. It's like, Ugh, dude, right. The QAnon conspiracy theories are mostly based around child sex trafficking. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's drinking blood. This true story show movie is, is all about. So it does actually give at least some credence. Isn't but it so crazy? Why are we not allowed no. to like why are we not allowed to point out this horror, horrendous evil just because 
there may be some additional nonsense added in on the QAnon side. Like, okay, that's called. We know all these people. Even a lot of celebrities and politicians have been to Pedophile Island. There's no reason to go to Pedophile Island. Even Trump's been there. And that the fact that that no, list... I don't think there's any log of him having gone there. But okay. there is plenty of history of him having acquainted with F. Epstein. Epstein. But I'm pretty sure he's never been to Epstein Island. Okay. Well, Rapey, Rapey I've, I've been brainwashed in by leftists who, when I talk about it, they're like, Trump went there. Trump went there. I'm they like, love to muddy the waters. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, but Trump, you know, Trump again, again, I'm a, I'm the guy who says Trump's been in on this whole thing the whole time. He's just the cosmic court jester. His job is to show everybody how effed everything is uh, to keep the king, the, 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 the this, this cosmic rulers a little bit humble and honest, but at the end of the day, the jester has no more power to do anything about it than any of us do. So, but the fact that that list isn't public is the most absurd thing. I mean, it's just it's as absurd as everything that's going on in the White House right now with the blatant corruption, treason. <clears throat> um, yeah, dude, it's mind blowing. But that's the world we live in. So, so this movie has already made. Oh shoot! By the time this airs, it'll be probably fifty or sixty million. It made forty million already, which pisses off the left. You know, they wanted this to be a box office flop, and quite the opposite. It's beating two hundred million dollar films like the newest Indiana Jones. Speaking of how who cares? Hollywood has jumped the shark and has no new ideas. Well, let's run out an eighty-year-old for uh, an action movie. Uh. Ridiculous. Yeah, I was like, oh, I, I saw it on, like, it, it came up in my prompt when I was looking for something to watch the other day. I'm like, I didn't even know there was a new Indiana Jones. But then I don't go to the theater anymore either. So, but uh, we should definitely both stream the movie. I'm sure you can stream it. You can stream anything now. Indiana Jones, whatever. Uh, but in addition to the book review you want to do, uh, this should be mandatory viewing as well. Okay. I'm down. I, I say I'm down. Well, I really don't have to do care it for to watch the next show, but. I really don't care to watch the film, but if we have to, we have to. So. We still have to do um, Nefarious, too. Well, clear to sum, sum up what I know of, the only people that will have a problem that exposes pedophilia and child sex trafficking but don't have a problem with or are involved with those set activities. Yeah. All the I people mean, that all the people that are that are tearing down the movie Sound of Freedom, that are protecting Epstein, Epstein's client list, all of them, um they're very relevant to both Nefarious and the book The Return of the Gods because they're all demon worshippers. Whether they know whether they knowingly do so or not. What is your thought of um, Mel Gibson in 2023? My thoughts on Mel are that much like all of us, <clears throat> he got a little lost there for a bit, but otherwise seems to be a pretty good guy who's pursuing God. But yeah, he definitely. Well, I just I was asking because I saw a, a clip of him yesterday doing a video on on his social media outlet, whatever it was, talking about this movie and uh, sex trafficking of children basically 
exposing his own kind. It's like what the Democratic Party won't do is stand out against one another. But that's why he's that's why he's been canceled for, dude. The audio tape of him screaming at that ex girlfriend or or wife or whatever she yeah. was that basically ruined his career. That was a hit job. The day that he released Passion of the Christ, he became public enemy number one within Hollywood. He went from a list of a listers. Dude, Mel Gibson was the biggest movie star as big as anybody from basically Brave, the Brave late Heart. 80s through the early 2000s. The Patriot. Dude, name it off, man. Ever since he came out in Mad Max, he was a mega star, dude. Yeah. Mega star. Mel Gibson, everything All he touched. All the lethal weapons. Yeah. Yeah. He was a superstar. Then he was like, hey, I'm also a Christian and I want everybody to see how serious the crucifixion of Jesus was. And they were like, oh, you're on the wrong side, bro. You, We got to dig some dirt up and slander you and make you go away. Uh, 100%. Oh, I got to read one of, this. One of the articles, I think it was in Rolling Stone that was that was trying to be dismissive of Sound of Freedom. It refers to Jim Caviezel, the actor who played Jesus. And it says, Jim Caviezel, who was once tortured on screen in a prior role like <laughs> right he was beaten and crucified because he was playing our lord and savior jesus christ but okay I, I have to read this to you i found this the other day when i was uh looking this stuff up for oh dude one other quick note so rolling stone is you know it used to be like um a, you know counterculture magazine right mm-hmm. it is it's Not just like all. it's just like Texas Monthly. It's a liberal rag now. Rolling Stone has meltdown over Sound of Freedom. Film continues to destroy box office expectation. Uh, I didn't read the Rolling Stone article, but I have seen multiple people talking about it. Rolling Stone has no street cred anymore. But oh, this is the interesting thing that I wanted to get to. So I was looking up Jim Caviezel, who is a uh, devout Catholic, right? And uh, Mel Gibson told Jim when he took the Passion of the Christ role that it was going to affect his career in a, a negative way. And it certainly has. But if, if you go to Jim Caviezel's Wikipedia page, James Patrick Caviezel Jr. is an American film actor and QAnon conspiracy theorist playing Jesus Christ in the Passion of the Christ. Blah, 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 blah. Right there at the very beginning is an American film actor and QAnon conspiracy theorist. That's what they put out on the internet about the guy. Yep. Right. So he's a conspiracy theorist, which is super important to the fact that he made a movie based on actual events. Yeah. It's crazy. So, okay. um, Let's move on to global temps and then wrap it up with what you wanted to discuss from your Bible study. Okay, uh, yeah, so I'm sure everybody saw the week of the 4th of July that on the 3rd, we broke. It was really funny how many different ways this news was presented, man. Did you like read any like a multitude of articles about it by any chance? Nope, I was going to let you carry the ball on this one. I did see that it was like, what was it, a, a CBS or no, NBC report where the yep. lead anchor was reading reading a report from Europe talking about the southern united states is going to be inhospitable due to extreme heat by the year 2070 that's all i know about it there's my summary of the topic where to even begin 
Yeah. So the first article I think I saw about it was the most straightforward, and I think it was ABC News. Okay. Which is nice to think that possibly, you know, CBS News is reporting on Hunter corruption and the IRS whistleblower. ABC News is relatively straight with regards to this. It's good to know that the old standbys still have some level of credibility. The article headline was something to the effect of July 3rd um, was the highest global average temperature ever recorded by man-made instruments. Even that is very misleading. Mm -hmm. You open the article and what it explains is we've had a system since 1979, which I believe it doesn't specify this, but I'm almost positive because this is how they've been tracking it for the last 40 years is based on satellite thermal imaging like infrared technology, but satellite based, right? Mm -hmm. It explains in the article that we've been collecting this data since 1979. So two fallacies right off the bat, one very blatant. The other one is a little bit better explainable, I guess. It did say the highest global average temperatures ever recorded by man-made devices. Now, I would argue we had like mercury thermometers for a really long time, I think since the late 1800s, presumably throughout most of the developed world. So you could have taken a composite of man-made instrument recorded data 50, 80, 100 years ago and come up with an average. But it would have been very unreliable to have done so, and I don't know how they would have communicated that, right? So it's not that it's the highest temperatures ever recorded by, quote, man-made human devices. It'd be more accurate to say by a man-made human device designed to record global average temperatures. In other words, satellite technology, right? Since 1979. It should have just said since 1979. Right. But when you put the ever, it's very... Right. Well, then, so then there's a version of this that said somehow ever recorded since 1940, huh. which completely contradicts the first three articles I read about it, which were in Forbes, ABC News, and National Geographic. I haven't dug into what the whole 1940 part is about. BS, probably. It wasn't satellite technology. They were probably using collected, aggregated, recorded temperature data from old school thermometers, right? Then the biggest lie of all was the highest global temperatures in a hundred thousand years. That was the headline. Uh, those articles, <laughs> those articles, <laughs> which I didn't, I don't, can't cite which article who wrote these particular ones, but it was definitely in quote unquote, the news. Those pointed out the data for such claim only goes back to 1979 when these satellites were put into orbit. However, based on tree ring data and core sampling, ice core sampling and soil sampling, et cetera, et cetera, scientists are able to extrapolate what the temperatures would have been and the temperatures on July 3rd would have been the hottest in 100,000 years globally. And then it, then July 4th, Independence Day, broke the July 3rd record. So you the know two what that, days that, that reeks of is uh, just manipulating effery? data, cockadoo and just it is what it is because I said it is. Dude, it's such a crock, but way more importantly. Yeah, it got pretty hot in July and late late June in particular. In fact, last week was not nearly as hot as two weeks earlier in Texas. Am I right? 
Oh, dude, it felt like springtime. Right. Two so what, what was what was the highest what was the highest temps you guys hit like into June, up in DFW? I don't know, probably one hundred two, one hundred three. I don't know. Do you ever remember it hitting one hundred two, one hundred three? I don't remember it. No, but it's not unheard of for that to happen. And and you don't ever remember your commute, your your part of the world having temperatures up over a hundred. Oh, dude, I thought you meant this June. Like, sorry. No, no. I mean like ever. Oh, and dude, you're forty two years on last Earth. Last year we had a every like, summer. One of the hottest days ever was like hundred and seven degrees or something. But do you you were having hundred degree days back when you were a kid too, right? Like yes, it's not um, unheard of for six years ago. We had a string of sixty hundred degree days in a row. It was like all July, all of August. Boom, boom, hundred degrees every day. Guess what? Guess days. what? Six years ago. Guess what would have been six years ago too? The last El Nino. Hmm. Hmm. It's really funny to watch all these these news articles are being again half truthful. They're like El Nino plus climate change driving extraordinary temperatures. But yet here's the thing, dude. Yesterday. My son was practicing soccer. His practice is from 5.30 to 7.30. And he's like, oh, Dad, it was so nice. It was. It felt so cool out there today. And I looked at the th- thermometer. It was like 89 degrees. Like right. some days it's 100 degrees when practice starts. We had a couple of I weeks. I was at 11 play. degrees cooler in, the, in July. It shouldn't be. It should be 100 degrees every day. So ever since those 100-plus degree temperatures at the end of June, I don't think we've broken 100 here in the Hill Country. Maybe one or two days we've hit 100. The day all this was being reported, the highs were like 95. And if you're going to sit here and try to tell me that 95 degrees in Hill Country, Texas, is the hottest July days ever, I'm going to call you a moron who's lying. Or, I mean, you're either just lying or you're a moron. It's one or the other. Because it's not, I had a, a, some guy Remember on what you said last show, down. two things can be true at the same time. Right. It can be both of those things. <laughs> More importantly. You ever heard of the great heat wave of 1936? Uh, Yes, I have, actually. Everybody Google that, and you will find that in July and into August of 1936, you had temperatures in the Wisconsin Dells, damn near as far north in the continental United States as you can get, of 114 degrees all throughout the Midwest the upper Midwest, the upper East Coast, you had temperatures way above triple digits, many of many places way over 110, dude. The day that they're claiming was the hottest global temperatures ever recorded or in 100,000 years based on crazy, ridiculous, extrapolated data, it was 72 degrees in the Wisconsin Dells. So what part, so it was 40 degrees cooler on the hottest day ever in the Wisconsin Dells than it was in 1936. How effing hot was it in wherever, like somewhere in the world, it had to have been 200 degrees right? to offset that average, right? Like where are the people that actually burned to death? That's what I want to know. There must be a piles of bodies well, around somewhere. What did, what did they it, it was only 72 degrees in the Wisconsin Dells compared to 114 in 1936. Somewhere in the world had to have been really effing hot like I wish really my, hot. uh grandfather was still alive because he would remember the dust bowl of the 1930s yeah which was caused by drought which what causes drought man there's one Lack i gotta rain and heat. there's one i gotta figure out how to track down no agenda has shared it and i've looked it up but i don't remember the city and i don't remember the year i want to say it was pre-1900 but there was a heat wave a hundred something years ago plus or minus that hit the upper east coast where like 
like it was either like Boston or Baltimore, somewhere way up the East Coast, was 118 degrees for like three straight weeks. This was pre-air conditioner, back when people used to wear wool suits in the heat of the summer. And the article talks about how people were huddling under trees in the shade of buildings to try to catch a break from the insane heat. Dude, I'm talking, it was 120 for days and days on end. And I'm again, it might have been, I say Baltimore and Boston, but those places are like five or six hours apart. It was way up north, wherever the hell the town was. Mm. But last week was the hottest two-day stretch in all of recorded history, even though Greeks it was in the 90s. Of propaganda. And then you tie that into, oh, by the way, we're going to subsidize the uh, auto manufacturers so that we can address climate change by giving them blank checks. That all makes sense. All makes sense. Come full circle there. Okay, um, wrap this up with whatever it is you wanted to discuss from your Bible study because we have about 10 minutes. Okay. Uh, The Bible study this morning. So on Wednesday mornings, I go to a Bible study. I may have mentioned it before. I can't recall. But it's um, led by a gentleman who uh, spent his career in the United States Marines and then working as a defense contractor overseas from basically throughout like the Iraq and Afghanistan wars. He's seen some 50, stuff. Yeah, yeah. At 50 years old, he was saved, found Jesus, and um, he was actually at a church here in the San Antonio area, which one of the members of our Bible study still attends. And a lady spoke a prophetic word over him at the end of the thing and basically told him she envisions him going back overseas um, um, to learn to spread the gospel effectively in a nutshell. He did end up going back overseas. He got a, a big job opportunity. And ever since then, he has studied. He has been to Jerusalem on multiple occasions, taken many like months long classes there where he's studied under like rabbis and Christians who can read Hebrew and Greek, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not sure he can directly read Hebrew and Greek himself, but he has had the actual original texts and, you know, somebody who knew how to read it and has taught him from Genesis one to the very last chapter of revelation, how all of it ties together, all the different places that, you know, Jesus was, you know, prophesied to be coming all this stuff, right? He is, it is the, It's a God thing, dude. It's such a blessing to get to learn from a guy who understands the Bible at that level of depth. Right. And and he's actually, he started a school. Um, the name is blanking on me at the moment, but he doesn't have any students yet other than these free Bible studies he has, but he says that his calling was to start this, this Bible school and in God's time, they'll actually like get it off the ground, but it's all formed. And he has like partner schools over in Jerusalem and anyway the dude is walking the walk so we're going through the book of romans and i mean it'll take us an hour long session from 7 to 8 a.m to make through like three verses sometimes right like we did i think it was second thessalonians which is like four chapters and it took us like three months so we we dive in deep right because what he likes to do is he likes to hyperlink back and forth. He's like, so, you know, here's where Paul's saying this, right? We'll jump all the way back to the Old Testament. This is where he got that, right? Paul obviously was a Pharisee. He had the entire Old Testament memorized. So every time he was writing a letter, he was speaking from Jesus's roots as a rabbi, right? And a lot of that gets overlooked by Western churches that don't even bother to, to bother with 
that they're like, oh, he said here that, you know, Jesus came and fulfilled the law. So none of that matters. It's not true. Jesus was a Jew. He was teaching, he was teaching a Jewish religion and Christianity is the outgrowth of that religion. And we need to understand it. So one of, all right. So have you ever considered the, the prophets, I guess, in, in Isaiah in particular, it was foretold that the Messiah would come from the house of David, right? Mm-hmm. So the Messiah must be, if the prophecies were accurate, a direct lineal descendant of King David, right? Do you think it's uh, from, what was the girl that David killed? It wasn't Bathsheba, was it? That he had the, Totally, yeah, Bathsheba, yeah. Uriah's wife, Bathsheba. That was Jesus Solomon. That was Solomon's that mother. Line. Was it? Did he come from? Yeah, that yeah. Line? Well, he did. Well, so check this out. I'm, I'm going to get to that. But you're right. Solomon, the next king, was the offspring, literal offspring of David's great fall. Right. So it's, uh-huh. you know, on a cosmic level, reinforcing the idea that God will work all things for good. Right. The yeah. greatest sin that David ever committed gave rise to the wisest king that Israel ever had. Right. Who also had his own fair share of treachery right where he was building well, he high places a, to all sorts of demon gods and had had a harem of thousands of lives and all that stuff right yeah um but to your point so this is what we went through in order for for jesus to be the kingship lineal descendant of david it has to come through solomon's line right david had more than one son mm-hmm. but the kingship flows through the kings right so <clears throat> if you go to the but but which of Jesus's, which of Mary and Joseph does, is your understanding of the gospel? Which of those two is the descendant of, of, of David? Do you recall? Well, it would have to be Mary. Okay. You would think, right? But it actually reads Joseph, huh. both in Luke and in Matthew. There is a genealogy listed and it goes through Joseph, husband of Mary, right? Huh. This is the kind of thing that the Western church just doesn't even want to dive into because it's screwy, right? Yeah. But somehow it had occurred to me in my studies over the years, and I'd always wondered, isn't it weird that they claim repeatedly throughout the New Testament, Jesus, the son of David, when it was his basically a stepfather, because he was conceived of a virgin, the Virgin Mary, right? Yeah. The Holy Spirit is his father, father. Joseph was his earthly father who did not contribute to the DNA, right? Mm -hmm. So how is it he could be the direct lineal descendant of David? And I always sort of just dismissed it as, hey, well, listen, you know, like Joseph got to skip 11 brothers to inherit, to be the, the, you know, the, you know, the, to carry on the covenant of Abraham, right? Um, Same thing with like uh, Jacob was born after Esau, but it's through Jacob's lineage that the covenant continued. So God did a whole bunch of things that were not in accordance with custom and tradition in terms of the firstborn son inheriting the inheritance, right? So who's to say that Jesus couldn't inherit the throne through Joseph's lineage, even though Joseph wasn't his his actual biological father, right? Mm. So we flip back to Luke, and in Luke, he starts with Adam. Well, actually, he starts with Joseph, husband of Mary, and backtracks through David all the way to Adam, right? So he shows a direct lineage all the way to Adam. Except on that story, the lineage goes through David's son, Nathan, not the king, rather than David's son, Solomon, okay? So it's like, well, so he's, so Carl's like, so this is to show his lineage to Adam. 
not his kingship lineage because the kingship was broken if his great 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 grandfather was Nathan rather than Solomon, right? Yeah. Then you flip over to Matthew, and he only goes back to Abraham. He starts with Abraham, and so he flips it in Matthew. He starts with Abraham and works down, but when you get to David, it's now through Solomon, and everything thereafter is totally different than what's in Luke. So you have an identical lineage from basically Abraham in both of those gospels, right? Of Luke and uh, Matthew. Identical lineages from Abraham to David. But then at David, Matthew goes to Solomon and down a whole different lineage to, and it states in our versions, Joseph, the husband of Mary. On the Luke side, it's it's Nathan, son of David, and a non-kingship lineage down to Joseph, husband of Mary. And then the kicker is, Right after all that, in the, in the Matthew chapter, which I think is chapter three, <clears throat> there's this quote, which you may remember, where it's like, and it was, so it was 14 generations from Adam to David, 14 generations, I think, from David to the fall of, fall of Babylon, fall of, I think so, for the, uh, uh, Fourteen generations to—it's not to a person; it's to a timeline in the Israel, you know, history of Israel. And then from there, fourteen generations from that fall of wherever to uh, to Jesus. But the problem is, if you count from the fall of whatever that is to Joseph, it's only thirteen generations. So the math doesn't work out. Uh-huh. Okay. If you're looking something up, you should look up this passage from Matthew, the genealogies from Matthew. So you can. I was looking up the fall of uh, Babylon. Yeah. Well, from the from, add in from the gene from the lineage, the genealogy in Matthew. The Bible clearly states in Matthew twenty four, thirty six through thirty seven that no one knows when Christ will return. Learning about the fall of Babylon in relation to the end times cannot give us a specific date. Uh, I don't know if that does anything, but it does fall. not. I don't think Babylon. it's Babylon. Okay, I've got it right. Isaiah here. prophesied about the fall of Babylon in Isaiah 47. The, after the exile to Babylon. All right, yeah. So it so right. It's the so so Josiah, the father of Jeconiah, and his brothers at the time of the exile to Babylon, verse 12. This is from Matthew chapter one, actually. This is all in Matthew 1, 1 through 17. So the very first 17, the very first 17 lines of the entire New Testament, right? Can, oh, can I interject here one second? Mm-hmm. So the 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 fall of Babylon, because I think this is what we're experiencing in modern American society. Oh, oh well, exile the, the exile to Babylon. Babylon oh, was clothed Babylon. in luxury and wealth. They had no need for God and His provision. They amassed an abundance, never honoring God or caring for the needs of others. That's Revelation eighteen fourteen through seventeen. Dude, that's what we're living in. That's what we're living in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is we're we're in Babylon, but Babylon has existed before, and it'll probably exist again. My For hope sure. is we're not about to experience the rapture, but we're about to experience a revival. But so verse seventeen says, "Thus there were fourteen generations in all, from Abraham to David, fourteen from David to the exile to Babylon, and fourteen from the exile to the Messiah." But the problem is the way it reads. If you go through Joseph, there's only thirteen in that last block. There's fourteen from Adam to David. 14 from David to the exile to Babylon, and then only 13. So the passage itself, the chapter itself, directly contradicts itself. Well, in the last 20 years, you know, 
all almost every modern Bible is transcribed from Greek translations of the Hebrew that Matthew would have written in, right? Mm-hmm. And most of the original Hebrew texts were destroyed by Constantine, um, you know, back at the founding of, of, of basically what ended up being the Catholic Church for several reasons. One, they wanted one single authority, right? They didn't want people getting confused by Hebrew scriptures. Two, they were sort of trying to distance from the Jewish tradition to make Christianity its own thing, right? Yeah. But the Vatican archives, which you want to talk about, like, I don't know who, how many people know this, but the Vatican has a, you know, a, basically a repository. Their shelves are something like hundreds of miles long of the, all the most ancient texts in the world, right? A, an, a, a, a original Hebrew version of the book of Matthew was found in the Vatican ar- archives in the last couple of decades. Another version was found in England that had been uh, taken during England's occupation, during England's um, imperial occupation of India, which mm-hmm. we know that some of the apostles were sent east to India, right? In the Hebrew versions, in the Matthew version of the genealogy, where it says Joseph, the husband of Mary, the actual Hebrew word is father. Joseph, the father of Mary. The difference between the word husband and father in Hebrew is one letter. Hmm. One letter. So as I pointed out, the genealogy in Luke after David is completely different than the genealogy in Matthew. But you both in both cases in the modern English versions, you end up with Joseph, the husband of Mary. Right. Right. Which would mean there's no bloodline descendancy from King David. Right. So what Carl taught us is if you correct the book of Matthew for what the actual ancient Hebrews said. Then you're talking about Joseph, the father of Mary. In other words, she had a father named Joseph and then later a husband named Joseph. It's not it's not the same person. It's two different people. That's why there's two totally different lineages. And if you do that and you add her father into that genealogy in Matthew, it fixes it from 13 to the 14 generations that the very next paragraph states, the very next verse states in verse 17. It corrects it. It gives you 14 generations. I mean, and I've studied the Bible in depth much more so as a younger man than today. It is what it is. I need to dive back in, but I've never heard that before. Uh, dude, he blew my mind this morning. It was so. I, that, I mean, I went had to that... private Christian school my entire life, so I, yeah. you know, I had the this Bible is the, but the thing is... in my face, whether I wanted it or not, and I know a lot about the Bible. Um, that I have never heard. Part of the whole point is Western Christian churches really don't give a shit about how. I mean, the truth, the, the honest to God truth. I shouldn't say it that way. Is that they don't have to prove the fulfillment of Isaiah the fulfillment of the covenant to Abraham in the, in the life of Jesus Christ, because it's kind of irrelevant. Jesus is your Lord and savior. Take Mm -hmm. it. He was born of a virgin conceived by the Holy spirit. doesn't really matter if he's like the blood lineage of David, because look, Joseph was, so it's all good. Right. And just don't ask about why these two genealogies genealogies don't match at all. Why one goes through a lesser son of David and the other goes through King Solomon. doesn't really matter. doesn't matter. Don't worry about the fact that this one says 13 generations 
it spells out 13 generations, but then it says that it's 14 generations as weird transcription error. Right. But then you find this ancient Hebrew text that thank the Lord above still exists. And it's like, Oh, this actually proves it. Right. And so beyond that, it's like, so why the two, right? Well, because Matthew is showing what Carl referred to as the kingship lineage, which comes through Mary, which means Jesus did have the blood of David, right? And Solomon. The other one is actually Joseph, the husband of Mary, who has his own lineage to David only through Nathan rather than Solomon. So on hmm. both sides of his earthly family, he has his he he does his both his mother and his father have Dave divinic lineage, right? But it's the mother's side that gives him the blood lineage through Solomon and David. And it's all based on one letter in Hebrew being misaccurately um, uh, translated. Fascinating. Did not know that. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that to the table, though. And that's a good place to wrap up today's discussion. The name of the book, again, that we're supposed to read? Return of the Gods. All right. Y'all check that out. There will be a book review coming up in the near future. Uh, Matthew chapter gonna... 1 and Luke chapter 3 for anybody who wants to ver verify all that for themselves. Perfect. Well, that's going to do it for episode 133 of Justified Pursuit for Chisholm Cook. I'm Cable Smith. Thanks for tuning in. And we'll do it again next week. The Bible is cool. Out of the city. There's no telling what's in store.